welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with the A.B. Corcor Foundation for Mental Health. I'm Terry, the creator and co-host of this podcast. I've lived with depression most of my life, and I know how easy it can be to feel all alone in the experience. I'm not alone, and you aren't either. And I'm Dr. Anita Sands, a licensed clinical psychologist and life coach with a number of my own diagnoses, all of which bring a certain amount of anxiety and depression along with them. There is great power in shared experiences. We share our own as we engage in intimate and candid conversations with our weekly guests, exploring different perspectives on and experiences with depression. We keep it real because depression is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. Hello, Anita. Hi, Terry. So we agree that one of the best parts about doing a depression podcast when you have depression is that you get to hear how other people manage theirs, that it often is manageable, and that there are tools out there that maybe you haven't thought of or tried before that you can add to your arsenal. Today's guest, Wally, offers a list and some thoughts that we think might really resonate with you. Wally's list is called the Mental Health 12 Steps. It's based on the 12 steps created by AA, or Alcoholics Anonymous. AA was founded in 1935, and it still serves as the framework for many addiction support groups today. Our guest, Wally, revised the 12 steps to focus on mental health instead of addiction, creating a personalized tool for his daily life. It has become a part of Wally's very deliberate mental health management routine. Whether or not you're familiar with the original 12 steps, we suspect you'll find something in this conversation that will work as a mental health management tool for you as well. Don't worry about trying to remember them as you listen. We'll link to the full list of steps with this episode. Here now is Wally giving his voice to depression. Wally was just a preteen when he started attending 12-step meetings, first ACOA for Children of Alcoholics, and later AA as well. He says he was able to get his emotions out at those meetings, as well as gain awareness and understanding of other people's pain. His personalized version helps him deal with his chronic pain and PTSD, depression, and his other mental health challenges. We're going to start with Wally reading through all 12 of his steps, and then we're going to do a deeper dive into some of them. Okay. So first, before we go through them, tell me how the list came to be. Um, Just sort of give me a little bit of background on it. Well, because I engage in some black and white thinking about things, um, there are some areas where I've just accepted that that's okay. And one of the areas where I have black and white thinking is accountability. You can choose your higher power however you like. I don't care. Um, but for me, I, I wanted a nice, clean, accountable thing that I could go through. And it's not about my relationship with anybody else. It's about me and my relationship with me and how accountable I am. So um, then I went and codified them and wrote them down. But these have always been in my head since I was like 12-ish when I started going to uh, AA and ACOA meetings in Montana. Anyway, so I'm going to read this. Okay, please do. Okay, I call these my mental health 12 steps. Um, 
Number one, we admit that our old ways of being had failed us and that our lives had become unmanageable without skills, strategies, treatments, changes in our thinking. Two, we came to believe that with faith in ourselves, we could learn how to manage our various states and their symptoms. Three, we made a decision to believe in ourselves and turn our lives around. Four, we made a searching and fearless inventory of ourselves. Five, we admitted to ourselves and everyone else the exact nature of what we found in ourselves. Six, we were entirely ready to put forth the work to manage our states and any defects we found. Seven, we grant ourselves the grace to be human and to learn new ways to be. Eight, we made a list of everyone who had been harmed by our symptoms and became willing to understand their experiences with us and to do better in the future. Nine, we take responsibility for the consequences of our symptoms in our lives and work to make amends where we are able. Ten, we continue to look into and inventory our lives for issues where our symptoms go against our internal integrity. 11. Through meditation, tools, medications, therapies, and other means, we seek to improve our relationship with ourselves and our integrity and with others. 12. Having experienced these things in our lives that brought us here, we reach out to others to give them hope and even help and support. Those are really good. Thanks. Can I ask questions about a couple? Oh, for certain. Okay. I got to look at the, the original six. Uh, we were entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. Yours, we were entirely ready to put forth the work to manage our states and any defects we found. That's an interesting distinction. I like the um, acknowledgement that there's work to be done. There is. And, you know, the caveat here is that not everything can be managed. But by managing things that we can manage, we reduce the overhead on ourselves. And then we can focus on things as they come up. Um, and that in itself is another form of management. So I, you know, I didn't want to sound like I was being callous. It's like, oh, well, you can manage all your symptoms. Well, no, you can probably manage, you know, X out of Y of your symptoms. Mm-hmm. Seven. I'm just going to call out the ones that jumped out to me, and, and I'm sure yeah. that somebody listening might have made different choices. But um, seven, we grant ourselves the grace to be human and learn new ways to be as opposed to Humbly ask him him to remove our shortcomings. I mean, huge difference. I look at my shortcomings every day, constantly. It's one of those things. The only way out is through. Um, we're human, and we have foibles, and we need to accept that. I mean, that's the first acceptance. I'm human, and then the second acceptance is, and that's okay. You know, and so many of us haven't accepted either of those. So, um, yeah, and learning new ways to be, I mean, that that could just be changing one behavior, you know, in a month or whatever, however, whatever your time frame is. If you're able to turn one curb, one behavior or add another one or, or get some routines, then, you know, you're creating new ways to be. And I remember reading the book. I think it's called change one thing. Um, and it's sort of the domino effect of that, that, that one thing that we do, which can be relatively small, apparently, can affect so many others. So I, I really like that. Most especially, I'd like the phrasing in that, that we grant ourselves the grace to be human, because, wow. So many trauma survivors 
you know, we just don't know how to be human and we won't grant ourselves a single grace about it. And then everything is a catastrophe. I'm a failure. And then the negative self-talk spirals. And I'm, I just refuse. It's like, no, we, we are human and we need to grant ourselves the grace to be human. How does that make a difference in the way you feel about you? It reminds me to let some of these things go where I'm judging myself, you know, so I can I can be mindfully dismissing my self-talk and something will come up and I'm like, but I'm human. You know, that my response as I fact check these things and I'm, I'll just say to myself, but I'm human. You know, I'm allowed to make mistakes. You know, did I learn from it? Yes. OK, you're canceled. Next self-talk. <laughs> I love it. Uh, eight jumped out at me as well. The original from the AA book made a list of all the persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Your version. We made a list of everyone who had been harmed by our symptoms and became willing to understand their experiences with us and to do better in the future. It's so much gentler. And honestly, I mean, I find in every social situation that I encounter, the ones that work out are where understanding flows in all directions. So, I mean, learning for me is understanding what they went through. I'm, I have no idea. I don't know what their self-talk was. You know, they may have other symptoms of other diagnoses or problems. Um, but understanding where they're coming from, you know, then I can actually, I can tailor how I interact with people. You know, I become more sensitive to um, the realities of others if I understand more of them. Um, and then it's something that eventually you come to practice. It's those dominoes, but in the other direction becomes something that slowly turns around and you start applying it to yourself and it makes your life better all around. Trying to think of what word, and not that I need to define you, but the, but when you speak, I think you live, you, you have such, um, but it's, it's, um, I hate that I can't think of words. It's my job. Um, well, how about the concept behind it? Oh, it's like m- being mindful, being aware that it's a better word than either of those. But that was a very nice way to get me there. Thank you. That's how I do it. Hmm. Anyway, it'll come. Okay, or it won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, 10 in the AA book continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. You write, We continue to look into and inventory our lives for issues where our symptoms go up against our internal... Te- in- wow. Where our symptoms go against our internal integrity. And I... I really responded to it's ourselves we're violating, if violating is the right word. Well, anytime I'm not true to myself and what I want my consequences to be in my life, I feel like I've violated my integrity, my internal integrity. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I have integrity because I am who I say I am, and I, I, I have this life that I live, and it's very intentional. Um, so my integrity becomes very important to me because I don't want to continue the trauma of injuring myself through um, denying myself having integrity, if that makes sense. It not only makes sense, you gave me my word. It was intentional. You- intentional indeed. Uh, yeah, I want to live the most intentional life possible. Uh, you know, I never, ever anticipated this whole mindfulness thing would blossom and between Wim Hof and and. Uh, Buddhist uh, expressions in um, meditation, breathing meditations, and on and on. I never expected I was going to become this yogi, you know, in order to manage my my persnickety heart rate and my breathing and everything else. 
Um, but here I am. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to do this, I am absolutely going to be mindfully intentional. And it's difficult. Mm. It's really difficult. And, you know, so I, I look at my uh, integrity violations and I have to ask myself, okay, well, who wins here? You know, does denial win here? Does anger win here? You know, who's, is this lifting all boats? Cause that's the big question for me. If all boats are lifted, then I was doing okay. And tell me what that <sighs> expression means. All boats being lifted. Where we increase the height of the water and let all of the boats come up in the tide um, equally. Ours and other people's? Yes, okay. all of the boats okay. in the harbor, hmm. yeah. Hmm. I like that. Um, two more? Can we do 11 and 12? Oh, for sure. Okay. So the AA11 is sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Yours is very different. Through meditation, tools, medications, therapies, and other means, we seek to improve our relationship with ourselves and our integrity and with others. I love that you list the tools and the things that might be involved in this because we're talking about our mental health and we just can't will it to be better. Well, you know, people don't realize in the list of things that you can do i mean you know meditation tools those are all prescriptions you know something you would prescribe to get something done or to change something or to you know in order to cut the board you need a saw you know well the prescription for cutting the board is to get the saw and use it to cut the board so i i tend to be a little tool like in my thinking and i just wanted people to know i mean there's a lot of ways to do this there's thousands of ways to do this you know, with lots of combinations. I, I use a combination of meditation tools, medications, and other therapies. So I just said, well, I'm just going to list all that stuff. And 12, um, again, in the AA, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Yours, having experienced these things in our lives that brought us here, we reach out to others to give them hope and even help and support. It's what you do, and it's why I reached out to you, and it's why your messages resonated so with me. And I think it's interesting how you take all of what you've gone through, and it is a lot, and try to turn it into something that will help and support others and give them hope. I think that's beautiful. I haven't, uh, thank you, I haven't gotten feedback on much of this. Um, and uh, Is it offensive? For me to be no, oh okay no no no, um, I feel seen when you talked about twelve. Hmm. Um, the reason I got on Twitter to talk about and make my journal so public was exactly step twelve. Hmm. Um, you know, I believe that we're all lights in our own ways in the world, and I decided that my light probably needed to shine so people could see that maybe they weren't alone. I get that. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. So Terry, Wally's reworking of these 12 steps, I think are, are fantastic. And it's really a very good comprehensive guide to something that I think is really critical for managing a chronic mental health issue, which is first acceptance um, being able to get out of denial and deal with the reality of, of what it is that you're having to manage. 
I love that he talks about being accountable to yourself and to others, you know, to the best of, of your ability without shaming yourself, which I think is a, a very important component. Huge. 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 And I, I love that there's this call to commit to doing the best that you can, given the circumstances, to manage your own mental health symptoms. And then this call to help others if you're in a position to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for all those reasons, I just I love this reworking of the 12 steps. I think it could be really, really helpful. Yeah, I think he did a beautiful job with that. And I love the way that he showed himself grace and that in doing that, he was able to extend that to other people. I loved his use of the line that we are all lights in our own ways in the world and that he's trying to shine his on a really dark subject and a really dark uh, closet a lot of the times. And uh, it, it having been to a 12-step program, I know that at the end of them, they always end with take what you want or take what you need or take what you can use and leave the rest. And that's the spirit with which we always share mm-hmm. mental health management tools because somebody's going to really respond to this and someone else is going to be all about exercise and fitness and how that helps them and somebody else journaling and a lot of us, a whole bunch of those things together because one thing often doesn't do it. Um, and that can include therapy and meds and all the rest of it too. So whether you like all 12 of these or just a couple of them, like the ones I pulled out that really resonated with me, that there's just something about raising your consciousness and again, realizing that we have a little bit of a role in managing our own mental health. A big role. <laughs> a big role. Absolutely. Love it, Terry. So thank you, Wally. We will be linking with the 12 steps as we promised, so you don't have to try to remember them all. Wally is also sharing an outline for that personal inventory that he says he uses, so you can try filling it out, customizing it, and see if that works for you as well. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate and reflect on your own experience with depression, or better understand how to support someone else who is struggling. If this episode has been of comfort or value to you, know that there are hundreds of others like it in our archive, which you can easily find at our website, givingvoicetodepression.com. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up, even if it's hard. If someone else is struggling, take the time to listen 